Final hour, really final, final 45 here of the Hoffman Show. Dave Johnson joins us in about 15 minutes live from Orlando. And then Dave and Glenn have your pregame and then ultimately tip Wizards and Magic coming up at 7 o'clock. Right now, though, it is our pleasure to welcome back to the show for the first time in a while, our guy Ben Standig. Ben, how are you, sir? Craig, I'm doing all right, man. How about yourself? Uh, doing well, man. Doing well. Uh, so your uh, your outfit, uh, the the athletic published with your guy Dane Brugler, their first mock draft today, which I think, out of like the main outlets, I feel like this is the first one I've seen. Hey, are you guys like trying to be first, or did I just miss a bunch of other ones? Um, you know, I can't I can't even keep track. As we know, mock drafts are like podcasts. Everyone seems to have one. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't even know anymore in terms of some of the bigger names who puts, who's put out what, but obviously Dane is one of the more respected guys. So uh, yeah, it's his first one. And obviously the, the college football regular season has just ended. So I guess in that respect, it's a good time to, you know, take that perspective of what he's learned and uh, put it out there to the public uh, uh, domain. Yeah, no doubt. And so he has uh, the commanders taking offensive tackle from Penn state, Olu Fashanu. And I, I think it's it's interesting, Ben, just kind of globally as we talk about this to remind the audience that everything we do in terms of Washington projection between now and at least mid-January is really, hey, we think this would be a good idea for them because the people that are going to make these picks aren't in their jobs yet. They're still working for other teams. There will be a new GM. That GM will hire some new front office people. There'll be a new head coach, yada, yada, yada down the list, but what do you think uh, without knowing like what scheme they're going to run and, and all the other things of the idea of going tackle and what does that mean for Charles Leno, the cap situation and, and kind of the bigger picture of the commanders as they embark on the next rebuild? Yeah. I mean, like to your point, we don't know who's making the decision and what that, what their approach would be. And, you know, maybe more specifically, we don't know what they think of Sam Howell. And that's obviously going to be a huge question it's amazing even a week ago right before the Giants game I don't think any of us were thinking this team would be picking fifth which is currently where their projection is but life moves fast and that's where they are and now that does bring quarterback into play but since we don't know what to make of that right I mean and there were other quarterbacks picked fairly high in the draft after the, the first two guys went one and three um, it's probably easy to say let's give Washington a tackle right now because we know the offensive line has got to be in a position that they look to uh, help out this year. So that makes it a little bit easier there. And it's, as far as what it would mean for uh, Charles Leno in particular, look, he's got a pretty big cap number. Um, obviously, there are ways to, to lower that, you know, extension or do some other things you can manipulate the cap with. But he would seem like a logical cap casualty or potential one just based on the numbers and, and kind of where this team is right now. So, Taking an offensive lineman or offensive tackle at five, uh, I haven't studied enough to know uh, whether it, this is the guy to get. But obviously, based on the lists you see in the rankings, uh, he's right up there along with Alt from Notre Dame. So makes sense in that regard. And you know, I don't think anybody would complain about them taking tackle unless there is a, this, there is a, a feeling that hey, they've got to go quarterback if given the opportunity. Right. Uh, what do you think Sam has to do to stave off that conversation over these final five games? I mean, as simplistic as this sounds, I just kind of think look the part and continue to show development. You know, as bad as the game was on Thursday against Dallas, 
I thought Hal, particularly in the first half, looked the part, looked fine. Uh, you know, he had a really nice, some really nice throws on the drive that that he uh, capped with his own touchdown run right before Dallas immediately came back, scored, and then the game, the game kind of got away in the second half. Um, they've got tough defenses coming up. Even this game against Miami, we don't view, we're not viewing the Dolphins from the defensive perspective because their offense is so scary. But their defense has been pretty good. Um, they've got they've got a couple of excellent cornerbacks led by Jalen Ramsey, but they've got a, a legit defense. If Sam Howell, forget the win and the loss. If Sam Howell can go out there, look poised as he has been this year, make plays. He's got to limit the turnovers. You know, I think he's like second in the league in interceptions. Has thrown two pick sixes in consecutive games. You know, do his best to limit the mistakes. If he can do these things over the remaining five games. No, that might be enough combined with his other positive attributes to say this is a guy we need to continue looking at, especially knowing he's got this cheap contract. But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, the guys that are going to be in this draft who are going to be picked in the top 10 will all be coming out of college with a higher grade than Sam Howell did when he came out. And therefore, the question will be, does Howell project, forget the fifth round part, but does Howell project, projection compare with what he, what uh, scouts and others are seeing with these players. If the answer is no, that he falls short, right. that's where it's going to be tough almost no matter what he does, I would think. No, 100%. And I think that becomes such a scary proposition, and this is why scouts get paid what they get paid and why GMs get paid so much money, um, is because like Sam was a fifth-rounder, Purdy was the last pick in the draft, and I would argue that of the quarterbacks that came out the last two years – those are two of the top three with C.J. Stroud being above both of them. Obviously, Richardson's hurt. Young's in a terrible situation in Carolina. Like there, you can you can pick apart some certain numbers and say that Kenny Pickett actually has been better than Sam Howell. I think most people, certainly around here, would take Howell over Pickett. But like the point is, like Sam's actually, as you said, mostly looked the part. And so I am curious when a new person comes in and dives into the numbers and like goes beyond the fact that he leads the league in yards because that's a counting accumulation stat. He also leads the league, as you referenced, in interceptions uh, at this point. Like, How does it actually play out in terms of the, the deeper numbers and, and what they see from a process standpoint? What, how does the leadership stuff play into it? Ron was talking about that with the maturity today. And when you add all that up, like it's, I, I, I feel, Ben, like that's actually going to be hard to beat from a prospect who isn't very clearly elite. Yeah, I, I mean, it's pretty, like you said, it is really going to be fascinating. I um, to, to just to sort of broaden out the topic, like as you know, you and I are looking for content uh, all the time, and we will be looking for a lot of it in the off season. And we knew we were going to have a lot already because of the expected coaching change in the front office and all that stuff. The quarterback thing seemed to not not resolved itself, but it felt like okay, if Washington's picking in the you know somewhere after the tenth pick, that Sam Howell would make logical sense to stay with him. And the fact that now this this drop in the standings has put them back in the mix for a quarterback at the highest levels. I mean, they they will be close enough if they were to stay at five to trade up for Caleb Williams at one, if that's what they wanted to do. Uh, should the Bears or whoever is holding the number one pick, should they be willing to? Um, to, to, to make a call that that is a conversation I didn't think we were having. And yeah, that, that that's why it is going to be incredibly interesting and important for these guys to figure out um, what to make of, 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 of the traits of, of these quarterbacks. Like you said, not just how they well they throw the ball, but being a leader on offense of the team, how do they handle pressure? 
uh, all, all, how do they take the coaching, all these things will go into it. At least the people, the organization has that sense of that with how, except <laughs> if, if they do clean house, then none of those people will dare right. be around. So, right. you know, now, now it goes back to a whole other component of evaluation. So yeah, it will be really fascinating to see how this plays out and, yeah, that, that to me, like, you know, these, as I wrote the other day, these final five games can be a slog unless you view it for what it is. It's sort of evaluating how and kind of the beginning of the Josh Harris era in terms of getting started to get a feel for where this thing may go. Ben Sanding from The Athletic with us. One more question for him uh, on the way out. Uh, same kind of thought line, but on defense. How do you think that the simplification of what Ron is going to be asking these defenders to do compared to the mass confusion that was this entire season under Del Rio can help the evaluations on that side of the ball? Or is it kind of just a wash and the next the next uh, people are going to come in and take whatever evaluations they had of these players previously and that's what they're going to think of them? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, good, it's a good question. And, you know... It is always kind of a weird thing when you always, when you hear coaches say we need to simplify things. I that may help short term, but I always feel that that sort of uh, doesn't sound great for the longer term view. Like, what was it so com- What were they doing calculus in the huddle? Like, what is so complicated that things were so bad that like you know, we've seen explosive plays allowed all season long? But okay, if in the short term Rivera thinks they need to simplify things, um, you know, limit the amount of plays in the playbook for the given week, will help. Sure. I mean, they got five games to go. The Miami game is an unbelievable. That was Anthony miss hitting a button, Ben. You can keep going. Oh. <laughs> Say, um, you know, Miami makes it such a daunting challenge for them right off the bat. So if, if simplifying the playbook and everything makes it easier to deal with them, I mean, great. Go ahead and do it. But in terms of the bigger picture evaluations, you're right. That, we'll see to what degree he, he does that, uh, changes things, that it alters perceptions or evaluations of any of these players. And look, I think a real big question is going to be, what do they actually have? I mean, if you just look at the defense, obviously they traded away the two defensive ends. You've got the two tackles. Then what? Like, I I don't know what to make of the rest of the unit, knowing that guys like Fuller and Curl are free agents. I'd argue they probably need two linebackers. Do they have to draft another cornerback or sign another cornerback high, considering what Forbes has been this year? They have a lot of questions, and hopefully at least they get some more clarity, whoever's making the call over these last five games. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like I like some of the talent a little bit better than you do, but I also like I don't feel strongly about any of it because the results are what they are. Uh, I said that was the last question, and then Anthony did whatever he just did. So now I have another question for you, Ben. You get to play referee, which I know is your your just lifelong dream. We have a fine system here on the show. And it's uh, there. It's kind of like uh, you know penalties in the NFL. There's five yard varieties, ten yard varieties, and fifteen yard varieties. And we just do five points, ten points, or fifteen points. Is Anthony editing a clip on the air in the middle of a guest, and it happens to be the guest who's refereeing this question's answer a five, ten, or fifteen point penalty? Wow. Great, great question. And I don't have Dean Blandino to uh, no. to reference here. Um, you know, look. Uh, you know, part of me wants to. You know, you got you got to have the kids learn their lessons. Part of me wants to give the fifteen. But look, Anthony's a young kid. He's trying hard. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the five and just tell him, you know, don't do it again, or you're gonna have to, uh, you know, talk to me about it. What kind of youth league referee garbage is this? 
<laughs> We're a professional radio show, Ben. I appreciate you, Ben. You're not here to try hard. We're here to perform. All right, fine. Five points. I said he's the referee. I will respect the decision. I will argue the call later. I will say thank you for your football insight, and I will question your referee. Well, you know, we can you can you can ask New York, you know, for you can you can throw the flag, <laughs> have it challenge it. I mean, that, that's fair. All right, uh, we'll we'll deal with that later. Well, maybe maybe I'll appeal to Dave Johnson next. I think that's what I'll do. Uh, ben, you thank go. you for the I'll time. Hold. Thank you for the time. I'll see you Sunday in the press box. Yeah, man. See you. All right, that's Ben Stanick. Uh, Dave Johnson is next. It's Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Wizards in Orlando tonight, which is where we find Dave Johnson. Time to get the radio party started. Blocked by Bilal Kulafali. Oh. oh, boy, did he stuff him. Left wing pull, it's wow. there. Oh, that's a pool party. Into the basket, slam right in. Oh, they're stealing the oh. slam. You better go on. Intercepted by Kispert. Kispert now foul line. Oh, slam. Ooh, that'll draw your preserves. It's time for Dave Johnson on a Wizards game day. Kuzma for three. Oh, it's there. It's there. Big, big shot. On the Hoffman Show. Hey, hey, you better go on. Dave down in Orlando where pregame is just 25 minutes away. Dave, how excited are you to be in Orlando compared to the weather that you had in Detroit? Oh, the funny thing is, everyone here in Orlando, it's all you got here, it's, it's chilly, it's cold. Let me tell you something. Uh, I would go sunbathing in this weather right now. So what they consider <laughs> cold, and that's, by the way, a site you don't want to see. Uh, because uh, if you need a whiteout, it would be me sitting by a pool trying to sunbathe. Because I'm of Scandinavian ancestry, so I'm actually built to live near the Arctic Circle. So that's okay. But uh, they're saying it's cold down here. It's it's child's play. And, and they're saying it's cold, but I was also talking to a guy from the Magic who played golf on Monday. So, uh, you know, d- nobody nobody pull over and break out the violins for the people here in Orlando. As I told them, I said, you know, I think a few people figured out it's kind of nice down here. And so they moved here and they made it a city. Although, I'm telling you right now, I was flying in. I was flying in yesterday. I'm looking down and I'm realizing there's a lot of, we're in central Florida. We're not near the ocean, but there's a lot of lakes and little bodies of water, and that means there's a lot of alligators down here. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot. Right outside, I'm on the third floor, and I'm not sure it's high enough because I think those things can climb. I mean, alligators do bother me because they're, they're fast. They don't seem to have a conscience, and apparently if they eat you, they don't eat you right away. They save you. So, I mean, I, uh, you're not getting me. And you see these pictures, I'm sure, all the time of people that, that golf, and then they take a picture of an alligator who's sunbathing. Well, you know, I'm nowhere near that golf course if there's an alligator on it. I, yeah, I'm, I'm very anti-alligator. I'm with you. I don't, none of that sounds fun. Um, I think you should stay inside, Dave. And I think, I don't know about the climbing thing. I, I think you're probably safe inside your hotel yeah. room. I don't think you have to worry yeah. about one climbing up three floors and like coming in through your balcony. But you yeah. should probably leave tonight after the game just to make sure. Well, let me tell you something. If an alligator tries to climb in my room, I'll just hit him with my room service tray and that'll fix him. That, I mean, what else? They also say you're supposed to like run diagonal or something. I don't know. I'd probably just, I, I well, just don't want to have to deal with an alligator. That, that's like also. <laughs> I love the advice that they, they say, if you see a bear, don't run. Stand there and make a lot of noise. I mean, you almost feel like the bears made up that rule. I mean, come on now. <laughs> but I get it. Bears, bears, could, yeah, bears and alligators you don't want to fool with. 
No, uh, and also sharks, which are kind of the those things combined, but like in in the water. Um, all right. right, to the to the basketball because allegedly that's what we're here to do. Um, we talked we talked on Monday about how the Pistons are some years into their rebuild and it hasn't taken, and then Washington goes out, plays real well. Kyle Kuzma has a fantastic night. Wizards come away with the win, uh, but we were comparing that to the team that they're going to face tonight, the Orlando Magic, who is twelve and five near the top of the Eastern Conference, and a couple years into their rebuild, really seems to be onto something. What has gone right for Orlando, and specifically this year? Uh, what should Wizards fans be watching for tonight that will make this game fairly difficult? Well, uh, and again, I think that's encouraging as we leave Detroit. I mean, they're going bananas there in a, in a bad way. I mean, uh, the, the fan base there in Detroit is saying, wait a minute here. You know, you got, we got Kate Cunningham. We thought, you know, and it still might come. I mean, uh, you know, part of being uh, a fan who is fully invested in, in your team, it, it, never, it never happens quick enough. Now, you know, Orlando, Jamal Mosley, who's the head coach, I looked it up, his his winning percentage is 37%. So they've had a rough year in, in Orlando, but it, it feels like, I mean, a seven-game winning streak, which is what they have, is a big deal in the NBA uh, because, uh, you know, you can get tripped up by back-to-backs or, or God knows what happens. Uh, so anytime you get above three wins, in my opinion, you know, that's, that's significant. And I don't, I don't even want to know who they played in those seven games. And they, by the way, played some quality teams, but, uh, they got it going on, and, and so it's a combination to me, and this is what the Wizards have to do, or any team has to do. You've got you've to hit it with your, your draft pick. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Franz Wagner, uh, Paulo Bontero, now this, this Jalen Sugg. Uh, I mean, this is a, you know, uh, go right down the roster. It, it, it's a, it, there's several high first-round picks that they've hit on, and then you get the buy-in. And if you look at the way this Magic team is winning, and it's one thing that scares us tonight because, look, we, we established going into the season the Wizards might struggle on the boards. Well, the Magic dominate on the boards, and that's one of the reasons for their success. And they are just, you know, angry bears and alligators on defense, if you will, as they force <laughs> a lot of turnovers. So, you know, that's, that's a, a, a combination that can cause a lot of problems, and it has for opposing teams. So, uh, tonight, you know, the Wizards will have to respond to the challenge. And it, it is about belief. And, and so why I think uh, this is going to be an entertaining game and test for the Wizards is, uh, look, Friday night against the Milwaukee Bucks, that was a game, as we talked about, that you don't say, well, the Wizards blew it here or there. That was just a game where, where the best team won on the night because they had three more points. Uh, but the point I'm saying is, is the Wizards are showing belief and why should say, well, look, that's a positive that, okay, go into Milwaukee. Uh, and, and believe me, Milwaukee several times in that game is think it's like, why are the wizards like a piece of duct tape stuck to our shoe? We we want to put them away. We want to rest. Uh, and we don't want it to be this hard. Instead, the wizards could have very easily won that game. And that's, that's what has to continue here tonight in Orlando. And, and, you know, I have every belief, it will because, you know, the vibe I am getting from this team is it, it still is a unit that has a strong leader. Kyle Kuzma came back and he knew. He knew what he signed up for. There was no promise that, all right, we're going to make the playoffs this year. Uh, and, and, and if you look at the way he's involving his teammates, his assist to turnover ratio, his assist numbers, uh, the way he's letting the game come to him and he's not trying to just put up numbers, uh, he's being a leader both on and off the court. 
and, and this team is, is is fighting. Now, obviously, the record shows more often than not, it, it it doesn't complete the deal. But here's another night in the NBA. Yeah, Kyle on the show with us yesterday actually talked about a lot of that, and he, he talked about how he thinks they're they should be better record wise because they've just blown so many games and. It's something that is part of the process, and they hope that they can close out some of these moving forward because they've been way more competitive than a three and whatever the three and twelve record uh, suggests. And we'll see if they can they can get it right and finish off a one tonight in Orlando. Uh, anything special coming up pregame halftime tonight, Dave? Well, Denny obviously uh, it's going to be great to hear from him because he's part of uh, uh, the surge for this this Orlando match uh, for this. <laughs> I just traded him for this Washington Wizards <laughs> team. And Denny Avdia, uh, you know, he's the, you know, along with Bilal Kulabali and uh, it's two of the, the great, great storylines in my mind right out of the gate of this season is, you know, Denny gets that contract extension and, you know, game in and game out, he is showing the team, you made the right call. So uh, we're, we're going to hear from him coming up at halftime. I hope people look. It's a Wednesday night. hope people check in with us. And, you know, we're going to be doing our best to, to stay warm here in Chile in chile florida and then and then you'll leave before the alligators get you uh we'll talk to you on friday uh thanks so much as always for the time and uh we'll hear from you on the microphone coming up in just over 15 minutes just a few minutes thanks so much all right that's dave johnson everybody with us on a wizards game day from orlando wizards magic tonight 7 p.m pregame 645 which means we need to wrap up our show Real things, real people said into real microphones, and a preview of a loaded show tomorrow is next. Wrapping up the Hoffman Show here on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Uh, Anthony, Thursdays often are a nightmare for us because we just we don't know what we're going to do. There's a lot of options. Uh, we typically don't have a like a game coming up. So like tomorrow we actually have a full... Uh, a full show. And suddenly tomorrow is loaded, bro. Like Uh-oh. sometimes sometimes we grind so hard to make sure that we're not screwed on Thursday that we wind up with just a sick Thursday show. Yo. Tomorrow's pretty stacked. We got Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. He yes, wrote sir. a big piece on um a big piece on the general manager candidates that are going to be out there, like pretty comprehensive. Like if someone hires a GM that's not on his list, that'd be pretty crazy because he had like a 40 person list and he had analytics people and he had like former scouts and and he had another section of like people who have previously been general managers that could be back in the mix. So there's a lot of candidates out there. And so we're going to talk to Brad about some of the individual candidates, but also like what works in the NFL right now. Cause I think one of the things that's interesting about how Brad wrote the piece is he paired each general manager with a head coaching candidate. And he's like, if you know, and it's, it's not just like, I think these two guys would be a great fit. It's like, Oh, this guy worked with Eric Bieniemy in Minnesota from 2000, whatever to 2000, whatever. Um, so he would be, a good fit or like Jim Schwartz comes up a lot, the defensive coordinator in Cleveland um, because he, they're like the, the Detroit connections. And um, there's a couple of people in Cleveland's front office. He's been in Philadelphia and there's a lot of Philly people on this list. Um, so we'll talk to Brad Spielberger about all of that. We'll also, I think tomorrow we're taping with Schlereth tomorrow for take command. I think we might run that tomorrow because we're going to have Schlereth's broadcast partner, Adam Amin on Friday. 
So Schlereth and Amin have the game this weekend on Fox, which is great. It means we get a great call. Well, you guys do. I'll be at the stadium. Um, but if you're watching on TV, you will have uh, those two, which is just an A-plus team. Um, and we'll have those two over the next two days. So we'll, we'll play the interview with Schlereth. Um, there's a chance we have a commander on or two tomorrow. Um, we're going to see if we can figure out the schedule. Uh, but that is definitely a possibility. We have our NFL tiers, which need major, major updating. Man, there are going to be some teams being moved tomorrow, We Craig. have not done them in two weeks, so yep. we need to get some stuff in order. Um, what else? I feel like there's other stuff that I haven't even gotten to now. Oh, I mean, uh, Rachel. Talks. Oh, oh, that's yeah, right. Rachel, Rachel had a thing. What was what was the thing that she wanted to do? Mike McDaniel quotes. Oh, yeah. So if you listened a couple weeks ago, we did fake Travis Kelsey tweets, and we, we checked to see if Anthony could tell the difference between the real going viral old Travis Kelsey tweets and fake ones that my wife wrote, and it was absolutely hysterical. Well, Mike McDaniel, as we're actually about to get to in real things, has had some incredible quotes this year. And so Rachel saw one pop up on Instagram and was like, I could do fake quotes and you could test Anthony and maybe you won't be such a bad game show host this time and he'll actually miss some. <laughs> wow. I mean, you did. She's not wrong. Yeah, I was about to say, you did suggest maybe you did a bad job. Yeah. One, two, two. Yeah, so uh, maybe Rachel, Rachel can help you. Yeah, I think I think she should give them to me in order. That way, at the very least, if it's a bad <laughs> job, it's not my fault. And that's yeah. That's not what life's about, kids. Your team. Your team. You got you got to use your strengths, you and your partner. And um she's good for the strategy. I'm good for the talking. Okay. That's so she, so so you're the muscle and she's no. the brains. Well, I mean, it, it, I'm the mouth, she's the brains. That too, then. Okay. Yeah. She's got plenty of muscle. Very, very strong. <laughs> oh, woman. yeah, that too. <laughs> she can lift a house. It's stupid. I just sometimes she lifts weights. And I'm just like, how did you do that? It's crazy. But she, that's that's she the thing. Put Looks, me to shame for don't sure. don't judge people based off how they look. That is a very important lesson for the kids mm-hmm. and the adults. Honestly, it's kind of a more important lesson for the adults. Anyway, the point is, it's time for real things real people said into real microphones. Real things. We're not gonna be sucked this year. Real people. Five and eleven. Not very good. Said into real microphones. You know the culture is actually damn good. Speaking of Mike McDaniel, he got hit in the whoa oh last week. So I caught mic'd up. Uh, this is pregame. This is actually two weeks ago. Um, he got he got hit on the sideline, and he was telling the story before last week's game. This courtesy of Inside the NFL on Showtime. I got drilled last week. I, I got a bloody shoulder. It was the first play of the game. I thought a defender was going to hit the guy out of bounds, and he missed. And so he ran up on me. He slips out, kicks me in the shoulder, and elbowed me in my manhood. You got it? He just ran out kicked me in the shoulder. I had to act like it didn't hurt. It hurt like a And I got hit in the So I feel like I'm going to puke right now. That sounds terrible. It does. But if you watch the actual video, he completely plays it off. I, oh, I, I can't know believe it. I wouldn't know he was it. affected at all. I, I, like the shoulder is one thing. Yeah. I could play off a shoulder. Yeah. I could not play off getting hit in the... 
they just there's no way. It just that's too much ouch. Mm. You get hit in the <laughs> and I'm gonna let out a <laughs> man. You weren't ready. That's really honestly that's why I wanted. You I, I wasn't ready for that one. No. You weren't. You weren't ready at all. Um, who is the best trash talker Jeff Teague ever saw in the NBA? Do I have time to play this? Yeah, you do. Uh, all right, excellent. Jeff Teague is. This is a wild podcast. He's, this he, dude. Does. It actually wasn't. It was on the uh, the Sham Sharania, Lou Williams. Whatever the, their like show is. Okay, it's on Stadium. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Teague, wild storyteller. But who's the most annoying person you would say that's trash talking on the court? Uh, the most annoying was probably Dennis Schroeder. He <laughs> <laughs> was. I know you got a story, Lou. <laughs> but that's for us. I'm gonna leave that alone. Yeah. No, no, no. We gonna no, nah. We gonna leave that alone. <laughs> You know it's bad when he's when he's when he's saying one of his teammates. <laughs> we were looking for like a Pat Bev, someone you played against. You went with nah, your back. No, nah, he was annoying, man. But I mean, that's that's what makes him him, man. He's a competitor, but he definitely was annoying. Did you I mean, play Pat against? Bev, did you play against Prime KG? Oh, hey man, he was crazy. <laughs> KG would say some things to you on the floor. Wait, personal. What? He did what? Got on all fours and barked at me in the playoff game. I said, dude, crazy. Dude, ain't got it out, man. I have basically heard that, like, there were two guys that were habitual line steppers as trash talkers, and they were KG and Paul Pierce. Ooh. And they were together in Boston, and they would, like, there's nothing you could do because, like, KG was an actually like turned into an insane person. Yeah, he was crazy. Man. Like not well when he was on the court, yeah. and he would say stuff that was so absurdly offensive that you just couldn't even <laughs> respond to it. I really want some of those stories one day. Someone, someday, somewhere, someone will tell them. We'll probably be Jeff T on a podcast. Yep. Anyway, Wizards basketball is next.